Hey, how's it going, everybody? Xander Fryer, CEO and founder of High Impact Coaching and best-selling author here. On today's interview, we're going to be interviewing Chris Dufay, multi-seven-figure business owner, documentary filmmaker, world traveler, all around just amazing guy. We're going to be running through some of the skills that have allowed him to propel his business to multiple seven figures, how he maintains such an amazing business while also maintaining amazing relationships with his wife and his amazing three daughters while living out in Bali. We also run through some of the big mistakes that he's made along the path and some of the lessons that you can learn from them. We talk about why spirituality and actually disconnecting from monetary value is actually one of the key secrets to making more money. You guys are not going to want to miss this episode. Just jam-packed with a lot of amazing stuff. If you want to catch these interviews live, be sure to go to xanderfryer.com forward slash FB group so you can catch these interviews live in the future. And if you're interested in getting our help to launch your coaching business forward to get you building a profitable coaching business within the next 90 days, you can go ahead and go to xanderfryer.com forward slash programs to check out our programs and feel free to book a 15 minute chat with us so that we can kind of dig into where your business is at and what it would really take to get you launching towards that six figure or even multi six figure mark. Looking forward to seeing you on the interview. You guys are going to love this one. All right. Welcome, welcome everybody to the High Impact Coaching Show. We're here with Chris Dufay, the CEO and founder of Coaches Cartel. Chris, I'm super excited to have you on board. Super excited to get you in front of our audience. Chris, you're known as the Coaches Coach. So I feel like this is a little bit of inception because you're the Coaches Coach. I'm the Coach of Coaches. So we have the Coach of Coaches interviewing the Coaches Coach. That's amazing stuff. But I'm super excited, super excited to interview you, man. Welcome on board. Welcome to the show. Dude, thank you so much, Sandra. And like, I just always walk away a better person talking to you. So I'm pumped. And as I said before, I do not know what we're talking about. I'm still really excited. Good, good, man. That's really good to hear because I feel like most people walk away worse off after they talk to me. So I'm glad that somebody thinks... Somebody thinks that some of the stuff I say is actually worth listening to. I'm super excited. Chris, the first thing that I wanted to dig into, before we dig into everything, I'd love for everybody to get a little bit of background on what you do, kind of how you got to that point. And then we're just going to dig right into some deep stuff after that, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. Okay. In a nutshell, I was a super overweight kid. I learned to lose a weight kind of like just now, after I now finished Now you're school. still overweight. It's just all muscle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. My BMI is still <laughs> overweight. I think I'm 103 kilos. So yes, I am. I learned to lose weight. I wanted to become a personal trainer because I saw not only the physical transformation, but like the internal transformation that happened in me. So at the age of 18, I became a personal trainer and that was fantastic. I ran a personal training business in Sydney for eight years. I got the opportunity to move to Dubai to run a personal training business there. That was actually three days after my wife and I found out that she was pregnant. So my wife was six months pregnant. I got on a plane. I sold my business. I sold my car, sold my house, like the whole shebang. And I jumped on a plane knowing one person in Dubai, flew to Dubai. I had three months to get the business up and running before I had to fly back to Sydney for my wife to give birth to our first daughter. I slept on the couch for three months. I made it happen. I got a full book of clients, like built the personal training business, flew back in time. My wife gave birth to Arlo. We've moved to Dubai and lived there for about two years. It was great, but I ran into the exact same problem that I ran into when I was back in Sydney. And that's what I call like the time for money trap, which essentially is I was still having to be in the gym. So I had a team of trainers working for me. Like I was charging a lot. I had a full book of clients. You know what I mean? Like I would have given my right arm a few years ago 
to have that problem. Yeah. But then I had a new problem and I was like, I'm stuck in the gym you, the whole time. You created and I'm not spending your time own family. prison. 100%, 100%. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I essentially, and everyone has the keys to be able to get out of their own prison, but due to beliefs or lack of action or do you know what I mean? What's standing in their way? They're not getting out of it. So I burnt out for the second time. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Not. And that's when I decided to do the online thing. And then my wife and I decided to pack our bags up in Dubai. We smoked bombed Dubai, came to Bali and that was five years ago. And now Bali's kind of been the main base of, and we kind of like live around the world, travel. I have three daughters now. My main business is the Coaches Cartel. It's amazing. I've started shooting films and I just, life's good, dude. So basically, good. basically you're living a life worth living right now. Well, that's the concept, brother. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. That's definitely the concept. So, I mean, I want to dig into like every aspect of this. I think the first thing that kind of stood out to me in that story is you've built an amazing business. Well, first you built an amazing, you know, fitness trainer business. And now you've built an amazing online coaching business where you're helping, you know, fitness trainers, coaches, build six figure, seven figure businesses, but you've done it all. And this is something, you know, I've talked to you a lot about, you've done it all without sacrificing what is most important to you, which what every team I see you, which is your family, which is the things that really matter to you. Can you kind of explain, like, just walk me through that. Cool. So there's a couple of concepts that I would be a part of my life philosophy so far. And I would hope as well, if you ask me in a year, in two years, in five years, it would change because hopefully I'm evolving and growing and changing as well. Yeah. However, the first thing, how I look at life is it comes in seasons, there's cycles. So there's multiple areas of life and it's something like I will like rate myself, do you mean every week, every month, every quarter moving forward? And I'm like, how am I going as a father, as a husband, as a provider? What about as an entrepreneur? How about my health and how about my happiness? So there's kind of like six areas I want to look yeah. at. Now, I understand that, let's say, for example, the last time we were actually together, I was in LA, I just held a client event and I was shooting interviews for the documentary, okay? Yeah. So as an entrepreneur, 10 out of 10, awesome. Thanks very much. I'm doing a great job. As a father, I'm a one out of 10. I'm being an absolute prick and I'm not there. Do you know what I mean? So I understand. with the family, yeah. Exactly. So there's <laughs> ebbs and flows and it's not about trying to be perfect across the board. It's about knowing, okay, this is what I'm doing now. So after that trip, I got back and I'm like, all right, work, just I wind it right back down and I'm here for the family. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So we're spending heaps it of time like, together. It sounds like what allows you to do that too is like the awareness of like actually tracking it. Like you're consistently looking like on a scale of one to 10, how's my happiness? How's my family life? How's my business? Where a lot of people will just track their business and hope that the family life goes well. It's like, no, you treat it all the same. Totally. Honestly, this is why I actually wanted to start shooting the documentary, A Life Worth Living, because business is easy. The scoreboard for business yeah. is money. It's dollars, right? It's like, we can just like look at like top line revenue, profit percentage, all of that kind of stuff. But it's like dollars is the scoreboard. Yeah. So it's really easy to track. But when we say like, how are you tracking, do you know what I mean? In your personal life, in your love relationships with your health, it becomes very murky and it's hard. Yeah. And that's one reason why I believe people don't do it. And that's why I wanted to redefine what is success and then redefine how do we actually get there at the end of the day? Because by no means, I do not have all the answers. Like I'm totally fumbling my way through this yeah. like a drunk. I think the other thing too, and tell me your thoughts on this. You mentioned like, it's not as clear, it's murky in your personal life. Frankly, it's also more difficult to like have those really vulnerable conversations with your wife or your kids and like be real about like, how am I messing up as a dad or how am I messing up as a husband? Like, how would you rank our relationship? That's really personal stuff that you got to figure out. 
hundred percent. And as you said before, it starts with awareness. So we've just actually got to look at ourselves and be like, are we being aware of what's going on truly? Or am I just telling lies to myself? Because it's really easy to do that. And then it's actually doing something about it. So just say, for example, love relationships with my wife. Three times a week now, we're having three date nights a week. And what we're doing at the moment is we actually- are making me and Maddie look terrible. (laughs) I love you too so much. we were good at one a week, man. (laughs) Look, this is the thing as well is like, one reason why we're currently here in Bali is because lifestyle wise, we can set things up. So like we have a Pimbantu. So she comes around and she like makes sure that she can take care of the girls whilst we're away. And so we can do these kind of things that we can't in other areas yeah. in the world. So like doing, there's a spa, two minutes around the corner and it's so we'll go and do sauna and ice baths. So for an hour, we'll go do cycle, sauna and ice baths and then we'll go out, have dinner. We usually back by like, 7 seven thirty. to be perfectly honest like I'm like, yep. like we're in bed by like 8 30 but like that small time where we can sit talk actually just be there in the company of one another is amazing and like this is why i just really firmly believe that we have to design our businesses to give us the life that we want not try and redesign our life around the way the business is because i feel yeah. like too many people just have that backwards Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that, man. I think that's huge. You touched on another important part of your life right now, which is the documentary. Tell me about the documentary, A Life Worth Living, how it came to be. This is actually the reason that you and I first met. I remember Craig Valentine introduced us a little over a year and a half ago so that I could interview for this. And basically like, since then, you know, got to connect with you. You're just an amazing person. I was like, we need more Chris Dufay in my life. You know, it was love at first sight, yada, yada, yada. But tell me about the documentary. How did this all come to be? This is a great question. Okay. So there was a like, I mean, a bit over a year ago, maybe even two years ago, I had a big thing in my head that was going on about, isn't it amazing how you and I right now, we're acting a story that we're just telling ourselves. And when we wake up in the morning, we're telling ourselves, this is who I am and this is how I be and do me. This is what goes on. And I thought, isn't it amazing how we can change that story of our lives so easily? Like you can wake up and become someone else. And we're only standing in our own way of doing that. And then I had a really good mate of mine, one of my best mates. He's a musician. I went and saw him play one night and I had kind of like this idea. One of his best mates, James, owns FMTV, Food Matters TV. And he's a filmmaker, an amazing human being. We just got along really well. And then I had this idea where I actually had a mate. He turned vegan after watching a documentary. And I don't care for the vegan thing, but I was like, isn't that amazing how a film, boom, life-changing, do you know what I mean? And I was like, yesterday I started writing my third book and I was like, look, books are great, do you know what I mean? But how many people actually buy a book, read it and implement it, do you know what I mean? It's a very big investment of time, energy and resources to actually follow through with that. And so I just got interested about the actual medium of film and what that can do for change, change making. And I had a thought of like, oh, I'd love to be able to create films. And then I heard this thought come through going, no, you're not, you're not a filmmaker. And then I grabbed it. Like I literally felt like I grabbed that motherfucking thought. And I was like, no, you can change your story, Chris. And then that's where I was just like, screw it. I'm doing it. And I just dived in. I learned I still have no idea what I'm doing, by the way, but I- That's how we know it's going to be good. That's how we know it's going to be good. So like script- Completely genuine, completely off the cuff. In a week, I'd found a film crew. I'd booked that trip and I was flying around the world doing interviews. And 
it's been amazing. And it's something where I literally sat down yesterday, I made the decision. I'm not stopping it. Just one, I'm going to turn this into an actual series and we need to talk further about this because I've got a lot more cool stuff to come with it. Yeah. And anyway, so as I was shooting this main one, because I was like, do I sell it to Netflix? Do I like distribution wise? I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. And I was being connected with like great filmmakers and people in the industry. And then I decided, I was like, actually, hang on, I should kind of like get a shit one out first. Like I should do something to actually like get learn the, some Get the B minus work out first so you can yes. put together the A plus work. Yep. Exactly. So by but, the way, this is a great lesson for all entrepreneurs out there listening, right? Like when you're stuck in perfection paralysis, mm, right? Like that's yeah. going to be what kills you. But if you just get the shit one out first so that you can yes. get the A plus work, that's where it comes from. That's literally the idea that I had. So I will actually be launching at the end of this month, which you're in, by the way, Xander, because you're amazing. The fitness business documentary where I really highlight what's going on in the fitness world as personal trainers. So this is, this is the coaches. shit one. This is the shit one. Yeah, That's why I'm in. Is that what you're saying? No, you're in both. You're in both. But you're in the shit one too. You're in the shit one too. You do a really good job. <laughs> I do a really spot on job in the shit one. <laughs> Yes, 100%. But like, yeah, so there we go. So like, and I started this venture. The coolest thing, to be honest, was I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this and I'm going to self-finance this because I had the ability to do that. Now I have a company that's you know I mean? doing great and it's growing and it's been able to give me the ability to work on something. And it's, it's a love, do you know what I mean? Like, I really love this stuff and I see myself wanting to do this for much longer. So one of the things that you mentioned, right, is like the difference between books and film to create change, like long lasting change. Because like the first First thing that I think of is like, I am one of those people that actually implements like pretty much everything that they read. And I always wondered why other people like you could give them, you're like, oh my God, you got to read this book. Mm -hmm. You just sent me a book. Actually, I can't wait to read it. I'll implement it. Right. You'll know that I'll implement it. Yes. You would send people these books and then you talk to them two months later. Like, did you read it? They're like, yeah. And I'm like, what do you think? And they're like, it was cool. And I'm like, but did you implement it? <laughs> like, that's not how you'd react if you implemented, right? But you know, now you're talking like videos, film that can really create everlasting change. Like I think of like, I can't remember what the movie was, but it was the guy who ate fast food. He ate McDonald's for 30 days straight. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? And then like how McDonald's just like tanked for like a year after that because everybody who saw it just stopped eating McDonald's, right? <laughs> so but it's, good. A, it's the same idea. Like one film can completely transform your life. It totally can. And one conversation can change your life. One thought can change your life. And it does come down to the execution of it as well. That's why you have the success that you have and you're such a great human being, Xander, is because you take action on these things. Like I still love books. It's not like I'm shitting on books or anything like that. Yeah. Like at the moment, I just finished listening to Never Split a Difference on Audible. That was a great book. I just started getting into Tiny Habits. Taki said like, this was great. So I started Tiny Habits. Yeah. And on my Kindle, I'm reading a lot of Ken Wilber stuff. I'm currently reading Integral Spirituality. And that shit's like <laughs> full on. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's full on and I'm loving it. But it also comes down to like, how does this actually change my life? Because otherwise I'd rather do something else. Do you know what I mean? Like if I'm not going to actually do something and it's not purely entertainment purposes, how does this move me forward? Yeah. And I think a lot of people actually consume too much information. Yeah, I agree. Um, and let's say this, let's use this for example right now. The goal of the person watching and listening to us is and I'm talking to you listening, you have to take one thing away and then take action on that and yeah. just like move forward with at least one step. Because if you can take one step forward, it's a success. If you don't, you've literally wasted your time. Yeah, you should not be listening to us talk about random shit if you're not going to take one thing and actually implement it, right? 100%.
So for you, what do you think it is that's allowed you, I don't know if it's a belief, when I heard you say like, as soon as you noticed the belief of like, oh, Chris, you can't do this, you were like, fuck that, you come back here, like, I'm gonna make you my bitch, right? What allows you to like take action on these things? Is it a belief? Is it a desire deep down? What do you believe around? Like what allows you to take action while others just consume knowledge? Good question. I'm more than happy to fuck up. Yeah. So I will implement very quickly and I will just go after it. I'm not going to like, oh, uh, think about it, pick my nose. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm just going to go after it because the problem is if I don't, then here's the fact of it. We're all going to die. We don't know when. And I know this might sound a little bit morbid. It's a straight up fact right now. Yeah. So like, you know how I say there's people say there's two things that are like, will always happen in life. You pay taxes and you die. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I lived in Dubai, so I didn't pay taxes. So I got away from one of those. Right. So, but there's still one you can't get but away. You're from. not going to cheat the second one. <laughs> you can't get away from the second one. Right. And a really good book on this is called The Denial of Death by Ernest Becker. It's a Pulitzer winning book. Fantastic book. Life changing for me, that book. Like that's a book, changed my life. And the fact is, for me, the way that I look at it, I have three daughters and a wife that's sitting out there right now. And I want to be able to be the best human being I can be to help them. One of my biggest fears is my shit is going to rub off and stop my daughters from being the human yeah. beings that they can be. That scares the fuck out of me. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So that's why I need to become a better person as well. And so the beauty about like I became a father, I was 26 when I first became a father. And the beauty about that was it, narrows your focus because I'm like, I have a lot less fucking time to do things right now. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's to like really come down and, to the By end. the way, me and Maddie are like debating whether or not to get a dog. And here you are like kicking no, ass. No, do, do, dude, I can't. Ass with three kids. I can't get a dog. Dog's too, too much of a, <laughs> three kids is fine. A dog, that's, we got, literally Lauren and I have had discussions. We're like, do we get a dog? He's like, no, because then when we travel, like, what do we do? And that's literally the exact conversation that's going on in our mind. We're like, I know how everybody says like, dogs are nothing compared to kids, but no, we travel dogs, with kids. Dogs are bigger. Yeah. We can't travel with the dog. Nope. <laughs> oh. No, I completely agree. Oh I completely agree. Yeah. So to answer your question, I'm not afraid to screw up because I screw yeah. up all the time. And when you realize that by screwing up, that's actually how you become that version of you that you want your daughters to know. It's not like you're not afraid of screwing up. You actually know that by screwing up, you'll become that person. It's a part of life. And do you know what I mean? If you don't go after it, yeah. so the results in my life are 100% my responsibility. So if there is anything that I am lacking or do not have, it is 100% my responsibility that I do not have that, not living that, not experiencing that. So speaking of fucking up, over the last you know three, four years, five years, you say, of running this business, I got to ask, what do you feel has been the biggest mistake that you've made? So I've really only been doing say the coaches cartel, the business coaching for two years, maybe just over two years. The biggest mistake was actually taking on the wrong clients, thinking yeah. that I could just like help uh, all of you. Do you know what I mean? Where now it's very granular into, we know exactly who it is that we can help because the fact is like my client's results are my success. 
and it's a Zig Ziglar quote. I remember my dad actually wrote this down on a piece of paper for me when I was a teenager. I will achieve what I want when I help others achieve what they want. Yeah. And in a business, we can't help everyone. Like everyone knows, oh, you've got to choose a niche. Yeah, hundred percent. Because you can't just like broadcast a message and say, I help everyone because that's never going to become, it's never going to resonate with anyone. But to get really granular, it's really making sure that I can help the people that I know that I can be like, yep, you come here. I know that I can like, guarantee your results. And I think so many entrepreneurs and business owners, coaches, you know, when they're, especially when they're first starting off, right. It's just like, it's that scarcity mindset. Like I got to get, you know, anybody and everybody, right. Yes. Oh, totally. They don't, that's why they don't niche down. That's why they accept everybody. But then just like you mentioned, you end up with the wrong people. You end up with people that aren't committed. You end up not getting results. And then that's, who's that on? It's not on them. It's on you. Totally. And that's the thing. Like as a coach, I'm always going to sit there and be like, the onus is on me. And I also understand, like, let's look at it from a fitness perspective. Do you know what I mean? Like I can write the best diets. I can write the best training programs. I can't make you eat the salads. I can't make you do the push-ups. Do you know what I mean? And then a lot of people say, yeah, like you can't do that. But I stop there and go, oh, I should be a better coach to be able to influence them, to be able to help them help do you what they do. That. Yeah. It goes beyond that. And so that's where I see a huge difference, especially in the coaching world is a lot of people have, okay, so you want to have a huge fuck up on my behalf. My first book, Your First 100 Clients, it's a really good book on <laughs> tactics and strategies for business, right? I never talked about mindset or anything like that really in that book, okay? And that's where I really turned around and go, I totally screwed up with that because the problem is I can totally give you tactics, strategies, methods, tools, that kind of stuff to be able to do it, but I'm not helping you become who you need to be to execute on what you need to do. To, to actually make sure that you can hit those, yeah. 100%. And that's the difference between, I think there's going to be a huge shift in the coaching world coming very soon. And I feel like the good to great is going to have a very big difference coming through because it's going to be us, the ones that are aware of this and able to execute on this of truly giving what it is that's needed to give. Like in a, in a fitness world example, do you know what I mean? Like all the information's on yeah. Google. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, like- there. And people are like cost cutting you like crazy. So why does a health coach, an online personal trainer, why does someone going to give them money? Do you know what I mean? It's not for the diet and it's not for the training program. It goes far beyond that. And that's what actually have to. It goes for the results. It means you're actually helping them hit that point. Yeah, exactly. It's funny you bring that up. I had that conversation with one of my good buddies. Same thing. It's like, there's a coaching bubble right? You know, everybody wants to become a coach. Everybody wants to get in the space. And like you mentioned, the fitness space with Weight Watchers and Jenny Craig and all this stuff, like all the information is out there. Mm. But, you know, yes, information has like, you know, reached a plateau, right? Transformation has not. Yes. hundred percent. I think that's the big difference. That's amazing. So quick question for you. I've got a couple speed questions for you. Hit me. So that was your biggest mistake. What do you think are the three biggest mistakes that starting coaches or fitness coaches make when they're starting their business? Not executing enough, simply just not getting out and doing the stuff that they know that they need to do at the end of the day. So it's simply a lack of execution. Secondly, not giving enough true value in the marketplace. Yeah. So they're not differentiating themselves from their competitors and it's just vanilla. Let's just like Dude, you're vanilla, like straight up. And I'll be honest, like a part of what we do with our everybody, clients is like- Everybody wants some rocky road, man. They don't want vanilla. Oh, dude, it's true though. Like you've got to be different. Like maybe, like do you mean someone wants rocky road? Maybe someone wants some salted caramel with mint chocolate chip on top. Like One no. of my favorites. One, oh, you know uh, John Romaniello, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. John, I remember when I first met John, he goes, dude, you got to be pistachio. 
And I'm like, fucking <laughs> <laughs> love John. He, he's my writing coach and he's amazing. He is fucking phenomenal. But okay. he goes, he goes, you gotta be pistachio. And I'm like, what do you mean pistachio? He goes, I'll be honest. Most people hate pistachio, but the ones who like pistachio don't like it. They love it and they are diehard for it. And they will like live, breathe and bleed pistachio. Want to be pistachio. <laughs> so true. Oh man. Oh, I always see that lime green colored pistachio ice cream. I'm like, fuck that. I've never gone there. But yes, 100% correct. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. That was two. One more. Not getting good enough results with their clients. Yeah. So there's like, my first two was kind of like marketing and sales orientated. Delivery wise, it's like, you're just not actually getting good enough results. It was like I was, Dean Jackson was sitting down with a couple of months ago. And he simply poses the question. It's like, what if you only got paid if your client gets the results? And it's like, yes, design your delivery experience and system to do that. And if you can do that, well then great because everything else becomes easier. That's amazing. That's awesome. All right. A couple of fun questions for you. Ready? Cool. What's your favorite place you've ever been to? Tulum, Mexico. It wasn't that long ago. Oh yeah, we talked about it. Wasn't that long ago, we went there as a family, spent a month there and I wound everything down and only wore shoes when I actually had to go to the gym and I ate copious amounts of guacamole and burritos. Oh my God. I love Tulum. Me and Maddie were there last February. We're going to go back. So mm. let me know when you guys are going. Yeah, dude, let's tee it up. Let's 100% tee it up. Actually, no, we're going to be there in July. Isn't it going to be hot as shit in July? Yeah. It was like, I think we're going to spend, fuck it, the whole world can know. We'll be away, <laughs> like mainly in LA and Mexico for like three months later this year. Okay. We'll talk. Yeah. I love that, man. All right. Next question. Which of your daughters is your favorite? Oh, <laughs> I can't answer that because there is a possibility that that information. Can, yeah, <laughs> but you know what's even worse? You know what's even worse is in your head, you know right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's a favorite for sure. You know which one's your favorite. You don't need to answer. <laughs> you don't need to answer. But we know that you know, Chris. And that's bad enough. Who's the best mentor that you've ever had? And this doesn't have to be business mentor, but just the best mentor you've ever had. That's a great question. And I actually thought about this two, three nights ago. I don't know if I can say like that's one person, but there's like, there's people over so many different spectrums of life. For example, I got a message from an old personal training client of mine. These two guys that are a couple that were clients of mine in Sydney. So like this is years ago. They were fantastic. Both of them, phenomenal business-minded people. Amazing. Yeah. They came to a wedding, like they were very wealthy and very spiritual as well. And they actually put me on a very Buddhist path yeah. and they gave me a great book, a really small book. It's called Ego and Attachment. It's like a kind of turquoise orange colored cover. Really great. And so he sent me a text message. He's like, hey, we just moved into our new house and we actually just opened up a bottle of wine that you gave us like years ago. Like, thank you so much. Like we're thinking of you sort of thing. Yeah. And I really thought about them. I was like, I think about them often. Like they have done such great things for me. And so like on a spiritual side of things, they would have been great mentors to me because they really opened my eyes up. You can have wealth and yeah. do great things in a business world, but also be extremely spiritual and humble and just like non-attached to these okay. things at the same time as well. So I, don't that, know, I don't know if it's just the circle that we run in, but like I almost find them to, it's not actually you can be, it's actually you must be. Must. 
Like, yes. yeah, I don't know if it's just a circle we run in, but so many entrepreneurs that I've met or that, you know, were around seven figure, eight figure, nine figure, even billion dollar business owners, you can see the level of wealth that they get to is because the lack of attachment to it, the lack of need for it, yep. right? It's pretty amazing. It is amazing. Um, and there is definitely a level. And so like anyone listening right now, that's like in maybe say a bit of a financial grind right now, like, dude, I'm with you. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I've slept on couches. We've, like I've, we've all I've been had, yeah, 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 totally. This far away from being on the street. Like, yeah, totally. And there is a level that when you get to, it's like, oh, now I can really live life and like go after things and do things. And like, that's when you can pursue. So like, I would just say, have faith that you can move to a point that then things really do open up. I think there is kind of like a Pandora's box moment where it's like, oh shit, like, okay, great. Like now I can see what's going on where we might talk at a high level of something of being like, do you mean like, oh, it's not about the money and I just want to help people and all this. Like, ah, oh, sorry. A, there's but a threshold. There yeah, is you need absolutely money. a threshold. Yeah. You need money. Like one guy that's in boardroom. I love it. He's like my favorite app, Stripe. <laughs> he just <laughs> loves seeing going through. I just... <laughs> I was like, that's amazing. That's really good. Cool. Just loves opening up his Stripe account and just seeing the hundreds of thousands of dollars every month come rolling on. <laughs> he he you know checks I mean? out his phone usage and it says like, <laughs> Stripe. like two and a half hours on Instagram, five and a half hours on Stripe app. <laughs> just staring at it. You know what? Taki Moore has been a fantastic mentor to me and a great friend as well. Yeah. And it's very interesting because I sat down with him. We had lunch a few years ago. And that's when I just started the business coaching stuff. I was still running the online fitness business. And I was like, oh, I'm thinking of like burning the business coaching and just doing the fitness. Like, yeah. I know I shouldn't be chasing after two rabbits, like blah, blah, blah. And he was like, dude, I think you could do it. Like, do you mean, I think you've yeah. got the chops for it. And then it turns into a multi seven figure business. Do you know what I mean? Where I'm like, yeah. okay, that's cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. I'm not going to complain. <laughs> yeah. No complaints here. So I can't put my finger on just one. There's so many, like yeah. there's so many people that can come and influence. And a lot of the time I call them expanders because they come into your life and they expand what's possible. Yeah. What's well, so for, cool too, that like one of your quote unquote expanders was actually one of your clients, right? Like totally. I think well, having that mindset that like anybody can be an expander, anyone. anybody can be a mentor is a hugely important piece. Like as a personal trainer, one of the coolest things is you can expose yourself to such great people. Not like Enough. physically expose yourself. Like, <laughs> well, if you want to as well, like go for it. Yeah. Like, it's all good. I don't know what the laws are in Dubai, but I'm pretty sure they're not that. <laughs> yeah, late. it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> but like, for example, there was another expander of mine. Of he actually wasn't even my client. He was my mate's client. But this guy worked for I won't say the company, which a really really big financial corporation, and was like the head of Europe for it. This guy was like picture perfect, like beautiful suits would get his suit slightly tailored less. So it would like show his watch more. Do you mean amazing family would like, when he took us to the Dubai World Cup, which is the, like, it's a main horse race that happens in Dubai. He like told us, was like, hey, like get to my place this time, this day, wear your suits. I'm taking you out. And like, we didn't pay for a thing. And I watched this man. I didn't watch anything else. I watched this man take care of everyone else. Yeah. Like unselfishly just took care of everyone else. And I was like, I could see that this is another reason why wealth is so great because you can really truly take care of people and give them great experience as well. So like, that's another expander. Like there's expanders everywhere. It's awesome. Yeah. I love that, man. All right. Most important question in my arsenal. How much do you squat? Oh, <laughs> I haven't done super heavy squats for quite some time. I haven't gone under 
I haven't gone under six reps for quite some time. And I would have had 155, 155 kilos actually for that. Jeez. I'll get there. <laughs> not much. Not, not much, man. Not much. Not much. I've kind of moved away from it. I'm literally wearing <laughs> my kickboxing shorts because after this, oh, yeah. I'm, actually going to, I'm going to kickboxing. Nice, man. I love it. Beautiful. Last question for you. If there was one piece of advice, if there was one piece of advice that you could give all the coaches out there, what would that one piece of advice be? Go listen and do everything Xander says. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm not saying that's a blow smoke up your ass. I think that if I can give a tangible, go do this to actually get results, it's that. It's simply find someone that has a proven path that can actually coach people because there's a difference between an athlete and a coach. And I think a lot of people get that wrong. Find someone that has a proven path and just fucking do it. Like, just do it. Don't question. You're not in a position to question. Like, you have to earn. You have to earn the merit to start asking questions later on down the track. And that's where a lot of people come up. Oh, yeah, but what about this? Oh, I don't want to do this. Maybe I should do it this way. And oh, this funnel looks really good. Shouldn't I have this set up? And how about this Facebook ad? That person's doing this on Instagram. Shut up and just do what he says. I promise you, that's the fastest way to success. I love that. One of my favorite things, Craig Ballantyne, who introduced us, yeah. you know, he says, if you look at the best bodybuilders, they're not the smartest bodybuilders, but they're the best because they follow the system of their coach and allow their coach to take them there. You know, that there is so much truth in that. And I think that's the problem is people are trying, there's too many cooks smart, in the kitchen. Smart people I, get themselves stuck. They do. And like, I literally just finished writing a, an article yesterday. I was like the five most dangerous trends as a personal trainer in 2020. And one of them is there's too many cooks in the kitchen. You're listening to too many people. You're trying to look at and dissect too many people. Like, and the thing is, and I know you know this because we get to see behind the scenes of so many businesses now. We know what's really going on where people are like, oh, that person's crushing it. And like, I'm going to try and do this. And you're like, oh, um, no, mofo. Like, don't go there. Like, if only you knew what I can yeah. see. Yeah. And that's a part of the problem of the day that we live in now because of social media you can put a facade out is like, I'm doing so good and all of this. And the people are then going to try and copy that. But number one, you don't know if they're actually truly achieving. Two, are they living the life that you really want to live? Like they might have the monetary success, but are they just a broke person inside? Do they have crappy relationships? All of that kind of stuff. And then three, you don't understand the strategy that's truly behind it. Like what are the principles that are driving them to do what it is that they need to do to get there as well? And that's where I see a lot of people go wrong. No, I love that, man. That's knowledge. I could keep going with you for hours. I know you've got family time, so I don't want to take you any longer. But Chris, thank you so much for joining us. This has been an absolute pleasure. Where can people learn more about you, about the documentary, about Coach's Cartel, anything Chris related? Dude, I just want to say thank you. Xander, you're an amazing human being and I feel very privileged every time we get to jam and chat, mate. So truly, thank you. I love you, man. You're a great human being. Where do people go? Go to xanderfry.com. That's probably the best place where you- Chris's brand new website. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got a new, I've got a new personal brand, xanderfry.com. About the film. Oh, fuck. It's called A Life Worth Living, a life worth living film. I think I bought the domain and there's nothing actually there to be perfectly honest. So like, yeah. fuck it. So they just got to you know, wait then. They just no, got to wait. Follow Xander. Xander will share it out because he's in it and that'll <laughs> happen later on down the track. Done. Perfect. Perfect. We'll take it, man. Thank you so much, Chris. For everybody out there in Facebook land, thanks for joining us live. For everybody out there in podcast land, if you want to catch this live, go to xanderfryer.com forward slash FB group so you can catch these live next time. Again, Chris, thank you so much for being on. Couldn't have been blessed with a better guest today. Thank you, brother. You rock. Awesome. Thanks, man.